Hi everyone, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. This is Kyle Meath with special guest again. Welcome back, Christopher Nan. Thanks for having me back. This is episode 8 of Basement Sports Talk. And this week we'll be talking about the Bills-Jaguars game, the Browns-Bengals game, a rookie QB breakdown of what we thought of them going into the draft, and now what we think of them now after 11 weeks. And then for our final topic, there'll be NFL playoff team predictors. All right, so let's get right into Bills Jaguars. Bills won 24 to 21. And uh, the Jalen Ramsey, I will take my trash. <laughs> I, I, I like my trash in Josh Allen. <laughs> Your trash is my treasure. Yeah, that's what it proved to be. Back in August, Jalen Ramsey, who I think we both enjoyed and loved when he was going around the league, breaking down every quarterback and hurting their feelings, especially Josh Allen's when he called him trash, um, yeah. finally got to play yeah. Josh Allen, and Josh Allen got the better of him. I mean, by no means was I blown away uh, by Josh. Uh, 8 of 19, that's... Not even 50%. That's right about what Josh Allen was. When That's what we thought of Josh Allen. But uh, boy, did I think I was watching the Chiefs when he threw that 75-yard bomb. <laughs> thought it was like, wait, did Mahomes join the Bills? Yeah, that was pretty impressive. So that was one of the first two touchdowns. Right, that right. was the second touchdown. When, and the rushing touchdown was number three? It was the fourth Touchdown. The third, third touchdown of the day. Yep. And uh, he was actually the, the Bills' leading rusher with 99 yards. Hell yeah. Yeah. So Josh Josh had a pretty good day for, well, not necessarily for a quarterback, but for a football player. 160 <laughs> yards rushing, nine or 160 yards passing, 99 yards rushing. Obviously not what we want in a quarterback. Right. Uh, long term. <laughs> yeah. No, but... Now, but very exciting and entertaining. Yes. Um, you know, he's got the deep ball down for sure. It's the short and intermediate intermediate routes that uh, I'm concerned of, especially the ones that you have to complete uh, near the sideline. We saw him airmail a few of those. We and, and we saw him punish the ground on a couple. Yeah, yeah we saw <laughs> him punish the ground on a couple and then punish the ground on a screen pass. Yeah, on that screen pass, it looked as if Brandon Whedon was throwing to Trent Richardson's hands from three yards away. Yes, yes. He threw it almost as hard as Whedon used to throw it. <laughs> People, you do not want to be compared to Brandon. Brandon. The only thing you want to be compared to Brandon Whedon in is arm strength. Which Josh has in spades. Yes. Uh, so, really, it comes down to, you know, accuracy in the short... In intermediate routes, that's what most successful quarterbacks destroy in this league. He has loads of potential, and I think both of us before the draft thought that, you know, we assumed correctly he has the highest ceiling of all of them. Yeah, and But I also told you if they drafted him, I was, I was going to... You were going, going to kill you. <laughs> I was going to call you crying. Yeah. Which you did. Oh, sadness. <laughs> yes. Well, I think we were both worried about Josh because he was upper 50s accuracy at best. 
Um, in an NFL that commands like at least 65 and look, look at yesterday, eight for 19 is exactly the percentage he is. Um, but he's also the most athletic or him and Lamar, the two most athletic quarterbacks drafted. And he showed that too with 99 yards rushing and a beast run where he ran over your boy, Miles Jack, which isn't easy to do. Positive signs, uh, though, for Josh is that. Hell, he plays with a lot of intensity. He's not a wet blanket out there. You can tell the guys on the Bills are really pulling for him to do well. So he's already got his teammates' side. And you could already see them backing him up against uh, Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. So that was good to see that they weren't just going to take it lying down for their QB. Yeah, and how excited they were when he got that rushing touchdown and how much trash they were talking in Ramsey's direction yes, during I love, that. I love the Josh Allen touchdown celebration on the run. He was doing the Jalen Ramsey flex. Oh, is and, that what that was? Yeah, that That's was, awesome. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. That's uh, sweet. Uh, so... <laughs> Overall, good game for Josh. It was entertaining. He like seemed to be in control. I mean, they got out ahead, which helps any rookie. And then, you know, he closed it out. And positive signs for the Bills in general, the offensive line that was atrocious in the beginning of the season seems to be not as horrible now. Yes. Which is, thank God. Thank you, God. And their run game. Was good. Yeah. Uh, I still think they need to draft more offensive linemen, but thank you, God, for <laughs> him not being re-injuring the elbow yesterday. Well, if you think you have your rookie quarterback, which I think a lot of these teams do from this draft, I think all these guys, none of them I would call even close to a bust right now. Once you get your guy, you need to surround them with offensive linemen. The Colts didn't realize this until year six, yes, and they yes. lost a season of said quarterback because of no protection. And then this year, they finally drafted two linemen with their first two drafts. And look, look at him. how good Andrew yeah, Luck is. Look how good. We already knew how good he was, but he can last a whole season now yeah. in Indianapolis. If you, if you think you have your quarterback, the, uh, the next step is offensive line. And, and uh, another positive mark for the Bills is Robert Foster, an undrafted rookie out of Alabama. That dude's a speedster. He's got lightning quickness. Two receptions, 94 yards. Yeah. That's um, awesome. And he probably would have had more if he wasn't knocked out of the game in the third quarter with what I, I haven't seen any reports, but I assume he's in concussion protocol right now. So, best of luck to you, Robert Foster. Now, let's go to, we were joking around, but I'm quite serious when I say this. The real MVP of this game. Who was it, Kyle? was Big Daddy Shaq Lawson, the MVP of the Bills, just taking out the best offensive weapon. Their best player. For the Jaguars, yes, yeah. especially offensive player. So, Jake Lawson is, is a pretty decent player, but if you're telling me the person the Bills have to take out because of the fight is Shaq Lawson, and we get to take out Leonard Fournette, I'd, I'd say do that. You make that trade every, every day. Yeah. Every day. You need Shaq Lawson to get in a fight and take some punches to the face yeah, from but, every team's best player. Next week, uh, they play Miami, so I need him to take out 
Kenyon Drake. <laughs> Not Ryan Tannehill. They, they can keep Ryan Tannehill <laughs> in the game. That's fine with me. Yep. And that's that was pivotal during that whole scrum for that ridiculous like completion that the two guys <laughs> held onto the ball for two minutes, 30 seconds after <laughs> that okay, amid so- the scrum that Leonard Fournette gets into the fight with Shaq Lawson both get ejected but like at that point Jacksonville was on a roll Fournette had just scored two touchdowns in like three minutes and he took him out special shout out to also Levi Wallace who was the corner back on that play against Dante Moncrief he held on to that ball for so long I respect that you do not give that ball up even long after the whistle yeah you make the officials pry it from your fingers. <laughs> You're called dead hand. And here's the thing. They called it a touchdown on the field, but then they reviewed it. It turned out he was down at the one. So then the next play, the Jaguars get a false start, which moves it back to like the six. The next play, they run a screen pass. They score a touchdown, but they call it back for holding. Then the next play, I believe, Bortles gets sacked. And then they have to go for a field goal, and they shank it. Yeah. Zero points. <laughs> After oh. being seven inches away from the touchdown. And you know they would have scored if they had four nets. So. Yeah, for sure. Oh, my gosh. That's totally true. Yeah. And how dumb were those security people for both teams? Bringing Aunt Shaq and Leonard into the same tunnel. Yeah, I love that the Bills at Stadium the same time. has one tunnel that leads to both locker rooms, and they decided to bring them both into the tunnel at the same time. Hey, it was built in the <laughs> 70s, man. We don't have as high class a stadium as you do in Cleveland. All you have to do to get one is just to let them leave for five years. <laughs> <laughs> so, overall, good game for the Bills. And the Jaguars are now spiraling out of control. I believe they're now 3-8. and eight. And we got what we wanted, Chris. I don't know if we're Nostradamus or whatever, but the kid, Kessler, is reported to be in next week. So a few weeks ago, I was on this very podcast, and we were one of one podcast <laughs> discussing Cody Kessler. Yeah, and, and they hurt us. Frankly, they did it a few weeks too late. I mean, they probably have... How many games have they played since then? Two or three. So they probably have two or three wins if they had started Cody Kessler when we implored them to. And, at least. Yeah. At least. Yeah, so it's going to be... Actually, this is going to be sweet. You're going to have Cody Kessler versus Andrew Luck of Indianapolis Colts, and we're going to really see who's the best quarterback of the two. <laughs> My money's on Kessler. <laughs> Okay, he's, he's obviously, well, maybe he's that delusional. Maybe he's not being sarcastic, folks. I will put it this way. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars just got much better today. I do, too. Um, Bortles confidence. Actually, here's shot. a bummer. Here's a bummer. Didn't we just read that Fournette is suspended? Yeah. See, so that's brutal. So it's going to be, A, a hard game to win because it's Indianapolis. They're in the wild card race. And then, B... Kessler loses his best weapon and best teammate You're on wel- his first start, but he's been through worse. You're welcome, Indianapolis, <laughs> by the way. So hopefully there's no knee-jerk reaction if Cody Kessler does what he's not used to, which is losing. I, I say, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest, he was with the Browns. Yes. So Indianapolis would be favored in the game. Yeah, I would assume. Um, bye.
I'd say from anywhere from three to five points. I'm going to say that Jacksonville, at the very least, will cover. And if the Jaguars expect a win for Kessler to keep the job, they're, they're insane. Yeah, they're delusional. Well, they also fired their offensive coordinator, <laughs> so maybe that will also help. Kessler, <laughs> the offensive coordinator is probably like, but I wanted to try with Kessler. I've had to deal with Bortles for three, four years now. Can I get a chance with Kessler? No, you can't because you suck too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just excited for Kessler, and I'm, I'm excited to discuss it after that. Cody, light it up, Barney. We're... The two members of your fan club <laughs> invite your family. That'll make more members of the fan club and light it up this weekend so you'll get even more. All right, where are we off to next? We're off to Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> Chris, the Browns won again. Yep, Browns won 35-20 in a convincing, convincing victory. Freddie Kitchens just keeps rolling. Against a team that was in the AFC wildcard race. I mean, the Bengals came in. They were 5-5. Five and five. Uh, They had viable chances of catching like San Diego and others for the wildcard. And uh, they hired Hugh Jackson. And this could have uh, negatively affected their chances. Go figure. A guy named Kitchens is good with a baker. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> baker and Kitchens just making dough. And making beautiful recipes together. <laughs> yeah, they finally started implementing some college-like plays for Baker, and it's working splendidly. So Baker, since Hugh being fired, is I think three and one, two and one, and has nine touchdowns, one interception. Yep. Seventy-five percent completion percentage. Yeah, uh, and that's 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 Hugh. Yes, and Haley. More importantly, Haley was saying, "Hey Baker." You're 23 years old. You've been in the league for four minutes. You're going to be running as difficult of plays as I had Big Ben running um, because you guys have the same amount of experience and the same body type and the same arm. So, yeah, it, it, Haley being gone is probably the bigger difference in terms of uh, what Kitchens is able to do with Baker right now. His processing speed is definitely up. He's getting rid of the ball quicker Yep. now. It just seems like people are more open and there's just quicker easier like routes going on he knows exactly what where his progressions are for yes. sure and I, I think you're seeing a lot more college style plays that baker obviously was one of the best ever at um you see you see teams like kansas city and los angeles rams just unapologetically using these systems that college coaches use um and someone like haley i think is completely foreign to that uh haley's better getting in bar fights <laughs> than he is at uh, coaching a rookie quarterback yes back when in case people didn't know back in when he was in pittsburgh he did get in a bar fight with steeler fans so <laughs> just contemplate that he's probably gonna get in a fight with Cleveland fans soon, but we'll see. I don't know. He probably received better treatment than you did yesterday. No. Oh, yeah. You want oh, to my talk gosh. about that, Max? I've never... I mean, I felt bad. I felt bad for everything that happened to Hugh yesterday, initially. So... Does it... Does, <laughs> do I sound like a horrible person if I have zero empathy? 
yeah. for you right now at all. Well, we were watching. I found yeah. both instances, or actually, there's three because there's the interception that was given to him. There's the handshake after the game, and then there's the comments after the game. And I found all three. You were wildly entertained. To not also be entertained, but are you not entertained? <laughs> but also accurate. Well, I just feel I've never seen something as disrespectful like in a game where someone intercepts a ball and gives the ball to the opposing coach that was just three weeks ago. that player's head coach so just the fact that he intercepted the ball on that side of the field and you happened to be standing right there my brain almost exploded and I almost had to kill myself from from secondary embarrassment he suffers from a bad case of secondary embarrassment people yeah so everything you felt there more embarrassed for other people than he ever does for himself yeah (laughs) everything you felt right there I felt four times over, and I thought I had to die. It was the meanest thing I've ever seen. It was awesome that he did that Randall did it. That's nothing, actually. I, so I thought that couldn't be topped. And then what Baker did at the end of the game was so tight and so mean, and I feel really bad about that. Hey, I'm taking his side. I've never seen, first of all, I've never seen a coach take another professional coaching job same season he gets fired, okay? Yeah. Never seen that before. Then I've never seen a guy take a job within the division. Mm-hmm. And then third of all, I've never seen that game, the next game he's coaching in, be against his former team. He is a vindictive little creep. Yeah, so, so when after the game, Hugh Jackson came to seek Baker out. And he was like, Baker, Baker. And Baker's giving uh, the bro hug to everyone and anyone. He was giving it to the Bengals defense, the Bengals offense, probably a couple Bengals fans. He bro hugged a cameraman. And then Hugh Jackson, a guy he knew for a couple months, um, comes in for a bro hug. And and Baker just stiff-armed, handshaked him and said, "We're we're not hugging. And... You know, Hugh still went in for the hug, and Baker <laughs> completely shut him down. So, rightfully yeah, so. At first, well, yeah, at first I was saying I, was, I thought that was extremely, like, disrespectful and mean and unnecessary. But the more we've been talking about yeah, it, let's what, talk about what's happened over the last couple what, weeks. What did make... I point out to you? That he deliberately went out there to embarrass the Browns. He did, yeah. His goal was to pass on information to the Bengals to defeat the Browns and, if everything goes well, destroy Baker Mayfield and make Baker Mayfield look bad. So that was like, that wasn't just an opponent. That was a vindictive... PR move, basically. It was a safe face move. Oh, the handshake at the end. But I'm talking about what Baker must be thinking and must have been examining. So everybody today is talking about how disrespectful it was of Baker. But let's talk about what happened the last couple weeks since Hugh Jackson was fired. So Hugh Jackson gets fired. He goes on a media tour on all the Fox Sports 1 shows, all the ESPN shows, on Ellen, on... Really? You know, Ellen? No, no. <laughs> and, he, and the whole time, he's saying things like, he's answering questions like, did you want Carson Wentz? He's like, yes. Did you want Deshaun Watson? Yes. Did you want Patrick Mahomes? And he's like, yes. But like, what he's saying, every time he says that, he's making an excuse as if he doesn't have an elite young quarterback or an elite young talent. He's saying, if I had Wentz or Mahomes, I would still be employed with the Browns. So every time he says that, first that's all, infuriating that, Baker. Th- first of all, 
That's highly questionable. Oh, yeah, no. Carson, yeah, if he gets Carson Wentz in 2016, Carson Wentz is like possibly has zero ACLs left. And if he gets Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes probably throws as many touchdown passes in 2017 as he threw in 2017. He might be Deshaun Kaiser 2.0. Exactly. So none of that's true in the first place, but it's just the disrespect he was showing Baker throughout that media tour saying, um, if I had these guys, it would have been different. So yeah, Baker... Baker stiffed a guy and was disrespectful to a guy that um, I don't know if he I don't know if Hugh deserved it, but I understand what Baker was doing there. And then you know that's Baker's edge too. Like that's plus I truly believe in my mind, not, not even taking into account what Baker thinks, is that Hugh was out there to embarrass the whole Cleveland Browns Browns organization yeah. from management, coaching to the yeah, he, players on the team. He went to the team that was going to face his enemy now, the Browns, twice, two more times. He went to the place where he could get the most chances to combat the Browns. So I get it, but I was just, look, I, I love what the Browns did yesterday. I love what Randall did. I love what Baker did, but it was just hardcore to watch. It was like someone you're rooting for in a fight just beat the shit out of them, <laughs> like too much. Don't, sorry, don't worry. You can save one. <laughs> sorry for Shit. your sorry for your clean rating. It, it was brutal, brutal, brutal to watch. Am I glad it happened? Not necessarily, um, but I I get it. All right, um, and going forward, all estimates aside, what do you think the Browns were going to? What was their record? What were you hoping their record would be? Going into the season. Okay, so I, I assumed all things considered rookie quarterback. Probably wouldn't see the rookie quarterback for several weeks, maybe until they were out of the playoffs, see Tyrod. I would have been happy with four wins. I predicted four and 12. Okay. And there are four, six, and one now. Okay. Um, they've overachieved. That's Baker Mayfield effect. That's, uh, that's some good coaching in the last couple weeks. That's Atlanta underachieving. I mean, but... I mean, this season has completely blown me away um, versus what I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be a another off year before to give Baker a chance to learn, but he came in knowing so much more than I thought he would. So, all in all, the Browns are skyrocketing forward from where they used to be. Mm-hmm. If any Browns fan is upset with this season. I don't know what to tell you. You were delusional going into the season. Yeah, going from... If you thought it was going to be better than it is right now. I don't think you could expect anything better. You are, without a doubt, you should feel the best out of any team with a rookie quarterback. Oh, for sure. And that's not only because we're way fur- way further ahead than what we where we should be, but then also there's because we knocked it out of the park with Baker. Exactly. Yeah. He's the most accurate QB in his class. Mm-hmm. And that is by far the most important thing. And let's dive right into that. Yeah. Our predictions for the what, 2018 draft class for the rookie QBs. Why don't you go with your... Okay. First. So circa April 7th, 2018, I would have wanted Darnold, yep. then Rosen, yep. then Baker, mm-hmm. then if you put a gun to my head, Josh Allen, and then Lamar Jackson. 
So, and that's not knocking those two. I just think they, you know, they weren't, they're not, they weren't at the time what I was thinking uh, the NFL requires of 2018 quarterbacks, which is 300 yards passing and not uh, like I think Jackson and Allen both had hundreds of yards of rushing yesterday. They were more of the, you know, the big R 1970s quarterback where it didn't really rely on precision. It relied on arm strength yeah. and getting the ball down. I, I think they're still awesome talents, and they're both doing well. It's just that I, of the only ones I would have taken are Darnold, Rosen, and Baker, and in that order. I was a Darnold, Rosen, Baker guy. Now, I mean, it's Baker. If I had to rank the rookies now, it's Baker's miles ahead of everyone. And, then, he, and he's not just being biased, folks. Uh, well, he's not being biased <laughs> at all. If I can tell you without a fact, that Chris An- Chris Allen Chris Ferdinand would tell the truth yeah of what he was thinking yeah so Baker Darnold Rosen Allen Lamar Jackson right now that's my rankings of of the five okay so here we go with mine which let's be honest we care about that more correct because it's my podcast <laughs> <laughs> okay so pre-draft. Let's go with Darnold. Okay. Then we go Mayfield. And we go to the Rosen King. And we go Allen. And then we go Lamar Jackson. And then what was your thinking behind that? Why, why those guys in that order? I was, uh, well, what really changed my mind with Rosen is I just, when I saw that the Arizona Cardinals picked up to be his mentor, uh, Sam Bradford, I was like, holy crap, these guys are like mere images of each other in terms of body type, the way they played in college, you know, the big arms, not very mobile, very skinny, fragile. It was like, this guy is probably going to be have two torn ACLs. And, you know, a bum shoulder, just like his... So you, that's why you had Mayfield ahead of Rosen. You thought more durable. More durable. You, you like this style of play better. Uh, more durable. And frankly, Rosen was seen as the more... Probably the most accurate quarterback by the majority of pundits going into the draft. But as uh, pro football folks pointed out, shout out to Chris Collinsworth. Mm-hmm. owner of Pro Football Focus. We loved your site. It turned out that Baker Mayfield was actually the most accurate quarterback in that draft class by the stats and what proves to be on the field in the NFL now. For sure. So that, that's why I had Mayfield first over uh, Rosen. Well, you had Darnold first, Mayfield second, mm-hmm. Rosen third. Rosen third, and then... Uh, Let's see, Allen and then Lamar Jackson. And then what do you, now that they've played, all five have played and been playing, what's your rankings? Now that they've played Mayfield, and let's try to be as objective as possible with this, I think out of all the teams, Mayfield is the best team right now out of any rookie QB. You would... Well, we'll get in that in a second because I have that too. I would disagree and put 
Baltimore. I think Baltimore is a better team than Cleveland right now. Or, or take take that, that is take cool. Lamar Jackson I, I off. Take look. Baker Mayfield off. Who's the better team? Who who's who wins out of those two teams? So problem. You're pro- you're right. You're right. Um, especially <laughs> uh, franchise wise, for yeah. sure. So I I think situation wise. And this is so important, especially to quarterbacks, and then the most importantly to rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Baltimore. I think the situations are Baltimore, Cleveland, then Buffalo, then the Jets, then Arizona. So Rosen has just a terrible, terrible situation, and the fact that he's still breathing is pretty impressive in itself. Uh, yes, uh, Arizona. You can't keep doing that to him long term. You will end up like Sam Bradford. Yeah, he's got a very similar frame. And as, what is it? Uh, it's uh, one of Malcolm Gladwell's books in uh, talking about sports. And one of the best predictors for finding out what a player will do at, certain, at a certain age is find his doppelganger. For example, they did it with Ortiz, the Boston Red Sox first baseman. And when he had a mini slump in the middle of his career. They looked at other players similar in body type and position, and they correctly determined that he would eventually bounce back and have a successful career again. So that's kind of what I'm using as my blueprint for Josh Rosen. Yeah, try and do things that the Rams and Philadelphia didn't do with Bradford, avoid those things, and Rosen will have a lasting, possibly successful career. Yep. So now my QB rankings are Mayfield, then Darnold, then Allen, then Lamar Jackson, and then Rosen. And full disclosure, I think that we might be a little too harsh on Rosen right now. (laughs) He's got uh, a very bad team. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm trying to imagine how they would all be on Arizona. So you have zero offensive line, you have a non-creative offensive coordinator who gets fired, and then you get probably taught a completely new system. So, I mean, I have Rosen still at three in my current rankings. Um, he's more accurate than Allen. He's more accurate than Lamar. He's passing. His passing is better than Allen and Lamar. I mean, these are guys that are going to be asked to be quarterbacks, i.e. pass in the future. And I'm thinking of how would Allen be on the Browns, and how would Rosen be on the Browns, and I think Rosen's going to be better on the would be better on the Browns right now. So I'm kind of ranking them all as if they were on one on that same team. And for positive notes for all these quarterbacks, for all of these teams, all fans of these teams, none of them appear to be busts. Yeah. Right out of the gate. Yeah. So that's good. You can always have. More good quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. So, going on to what really matters in NFL football, whether your team makes the playoffs. And fans, this podcast, my beloved Bills, made the playoffs last season after 17-year drought. I was like eight years old the last time they made the playoffs. I got to see them get their get their asses kicked by the Jaguars, <laughs> but we still made the playoffs. It was beautiful. <laughs> so, Chris, I I only hope you get to feel that feeling again. Yeah. Very soon. <laughs> and 
you know, they're they're not mathematically eliminated yet. Yep. Which is which is new for Browns post week five. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right. So, who are your NFL playoff predict? Like, if you had to predict playoff teams right now, who's okay. in the NFL playoffs for the AFC? Go. Okay. So, division winners: New England. Duh. Just do you think they mark, mark them in every year? Do you think they could beat the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills out? You know. I, do you think they that Tom Brady is gonna pull it out against um, McCown, Tannehill, and Josh Allen? I I I think Tannehill will give him a run for his money. <laughs> I'm just kidding, folks. <laughs> Tannehill's not good either. No, they are fine. Just mark them down every year as long as Tom Brady, your boy, is in there along with the evil genius Bill Belichick. And then Houston, another division winner with Watson. Uh, so with Watson, and they're playing right now, and I predict them, they will beat the Titans tonight. And then we got Pittsburgh, your dreaded Pittsburgh. <laughs> will you ever defeat them to become the division winner? Uh, maybe next year. <laughs> 2019, I think, might be the year, but definitely by 2020. Okay, and then we got Mahomes Magic with Kansas City. And then, drum roll, drum roll, do it. Okay. Your wild card winners, Los Angeles Chargers. And bring, coming back from the dead, the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Okay. My, do you want my AFC teams yes. now? Let's go so my AFC teams are the New England Patriots. The Indianapolis Colts will win their division, the AFC South. AFC West, Kansas City. AFC North, Pittsburgh. And then my two wildcard teams are the San Diego Chargers. And then the Houston Texans. They're not the San Diego Chargers. They always will be to me. <laughs> it's ingrained. All right. Now, NFC. Now, this one was probably the toughest because... They're probably, if they get in, they're probably the worst playoff team in the bunch is the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that's because the NFC East is so down this year. Yep. And someone with a 7-9 and nine record may win the division. Yep. More than likely 500. My, my best team in football, the New Orleans Saints, along with the best QB in football right now, Drew Brees. We collectively have him ranked number one right now. Okay. And then we got the Los Angeles, or you'd probably say St. Louis. No, they're, they're Los Angeles. They <laughs> 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 get to have the Los Angeles yeah. designation? Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know what logic that is, but the Los Angeles Rams with Jared Goff and the best young coach in the league. Sean McVay. Mm -hmm. How much money would you pay him to be the Cleveland head coach? I would pay him all $64 in my wallet. <laughs> and then I would imitate a McGruber scene. <laughs> he can't do that scene <laughs> on this podcast. It's very, it's funny, but it's not appropriate. <laughs> um, and then let's go with Minnesota, Minnesota, playing some football. 
Football. And then let's go to and then for the wild card teams, let's go to Chi Town for Chicago. <laughs> and then let's go to Seattle where we both love us some Russell Weezy. It's too easy. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. Okay, I like those. I too have Dallas winning the NFC East. I, I mean, we don't want to put Dallas in there. No, it's just I think it was gonna good. I think it was gonna be Washington until Alex Smith got injured. So now it's gonna be Dallas. Alex Smith had them rolling to the playoffs. I don't think my boy Colt McCoy uh, can get them there. Um, sidebar, um, discussing all the Browns, former Browns backups now starting for teams in the NFL. Cody Kessler, Colt McCoy, Josh McCown, Osweiler's gotten a little bit of action. Um, so if you've ever been a backup or played on the Browns as a quarterback, chances are you will get in. So I predict, well, I predict, I hope this doesn't happen, but could RG3 get in for Baltimore if L. Jax gets hurt? Could Brandon Whedon see some time? Okay. Could... Charlie Fry, come out of retirement. Charlie Fry, we're talking Brady Quinn, with and Derek Anderson, also oh. saw time for the Bills. <laughs> so if you've ever played for the Browns, there's a chance that you're probably going to be playing on an NFL team in the next four weeks. <laughs> so get your applications in, former Browns QBs. Yes, a team may want you. Yeah. So we're going Dallas AFC or NFC East. New Orleans, South, Los Angeles Rams, West, Minnesota's going to win the NFC North. I have Chicago in as the wild card, and then the second wild card is the Eagles. I don't, I don't know if necessarily there was going to be two uh, teams coming out of the NFC East this year, but that's how it's kind of worked out, I think. Um, I, I thought one of them was going to be Washington. As we said, Alex Smith got hurt, and then... Aaron Rodgers is just not... I don't think he's going to be able to drag the the zombie Packers into the playoffs. I mean, if he wins out, he will have to win out to get them to the playoffs. And if he does, we have to just pay homage and cry well, and get Aaron Rodgers' tattoos on our chests. Unlike what he would like you to believe, Aaron Rodgers, don't get me wrong, he is one of the best QBs in the league. Some of it is his fault. It's not all on Mike McCarthy. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's... He's not able to do everything that he could in the past mobily, and a lot of his throws aren't what they, they have been in the past. He used to bail himself out all the time with his arm, and now we're seeing, we're seeing miscues. Where, and then just the body language. I think he's just hurting some feelings. On, like Whenever a wide receiver does something wrong, uh, Aaron, it doesn't help to hurt their feelings. Like That's the LeBron James effect. Nobody makes you feel dumber. Than like a great player like that, and that's the difference between someone like Andrew Luck, who if you do something dumb, he'll apologize to you, and that'll keep your spirits up, and maybe you're <laughs> able to play the next play instead of wanting to kill yourself. Well, <laughs> and here's another thing: unlike some of the other great quarterbacks in the league, he improvises a lot, and sometimes I wish he would take a page out of the Drew Brees. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, uh, Andrew Luck now with Frank Reich, and just get the ball out. Philip Rivers. Quickly. Yep. Quickly. Save your body, my friend. And Jared Goff. Like, Goff runs a 10-6-40 and has never even thought about scrambling, and that's kind of what he's developing into is get the ball out, get the ball out, get the ball out. 
The NFL is designed for you to get the ball out. Never more so than now. Yeah. You can't be touched if you're in the pocket. It's you, illegal. You can't be touched. <laughs> and there's a flag every time your wide receivers are touched. Yep. So get it out, get it to them, and look at us critiquing Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. See what it's about. Yeah. I played <laughs> four years varsity football. <laughs> this I, is what it's about. All right. Uh, anything else, Chris? So I wanted to talk to you. So um, last time we were on the podcast, I enjoyed myself very much for five-sixths of the time. I enjoyed talking about Cody Kessler. I enjoyed talking about Ohio State. I enjoyed talking about the Browns. I didn't enjoy... By the way, State, another win against Michigan. Against Michigan, yeah. In, in Ron Burgundy quote, we've been going to this party for 12 years now, and there's nothing depressing about that. So anyway... At the latter part of that podcast where I was guest previously, you had me second-guessing or bullied me into thinking that Josh Gordon trade from the Browns to the Patriots was in somehow a good thing for the Browns. Um, you were combating me with, well, how many games has he played with the Browns or what's he done for the Browns lately? That wasn't the debate. The discussion was, is it good to have Josh Gordon off your team for nothing or is it good to have Josh Gordon on your team for nothing and you seem to be arguing to yourself and to me saying that josh gordon isn't that big of a loss now i ask you right now if josh allen had josh gordon would that be better for josh allen or would it be worse it'd be worse 100 percent, it would be worse why well first of all the bills are not a stable franchise like the new england patriots if you had here here's the deal so you have one game to win. You have one game to win. To In just winning football, is Josh Gordon good to have on your team? Yes, but there's more factors. No, there's no factors in yes. my analogy. Yes, there are. are is oh, your football for, team... For, is, your, for your purposes of your argument, there's just on the field. Is it better to have Josh Gordon on your team playing football? On the field, 100%. Okay, and let's get to that. So of players with at least 500-plus yards this season, so you know we're, we're talking about guys who are targeted frequently. We're talking about wide receiver ones, wide receiver twos for the most part. We're talking about Julio Jones all the way down to Edelman. So useful, useful receivers. So of players with at least 500-plus yards this season, we have your boy Josh Gordon ranks fourth in yards per reception. Okay. So that's a, would you agree that that's a good weapon to have on your team? Somebody who has the fourth most yards per reception. If you're just looking at the stats, that's pretty good. But you also got to take into account where your organization is at with leadership. He's rolling his eyes at me, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm trying not to laugh right now and just get my. Do my, you, you want to know who across. he's ranked around in that whole thing, in sure, all those sure, situations? Sure. We're talking Mike Evans. We're talking Tariq Hill. We're talking Julio Jones. Like, so are those guys good, valuable weapons to have on your team? Yes, they are. You well, know what? well, Josh Gordon is ahead of them in this in this statistic. Okay, but here's here's the key factor, ladies and gentlemen. He's just talking about on the field production. He's not talking about what a distraction he was for the whole Browns organization. Is he a distraction for the over, Patriots over the offs? No, he's not because he's not getting in trouble. But why, how, why wouldn't he be necessarily not getting in trouble in Cleveland? Oh, 
Well, let me tell you this. Guess who they have in New England? They have probably the best owner. <laughs> Stop making me laugh. It's not professional. They have the best owner in the National Football League and the best head coach. You can't screw around there. They he knows if he does if he screws up one time, he's gone. Why couldn't you do that in Cleveland? He's he's gotten like seven chances <laughs> with Cleveland. What you to would clean do is just act. say if you're gonna screw up, then we're not going to trade you. That's not an option. You can just not play. Oh, so you'd rather he be released for nothing? No, no, no. I'd rather him play on the Browns forever for nothing. Like, that's the, that's the ultimate punishment. That's a punishment we didn't discuss last time. It's, you could, like, just do an internal suspension, which would thwart his chances at getting free agency, which really hurts him. So I, I don't think Josh Gordon was doing anything that was terribly distracting this year. And I think he's showing that on New England by being a boss by them being like 5-1 and one since they got him, and just your boy balling. Tom Brady was like, thank you very much. Actually, Edelman said it after the game. He said, thank you, Cleveland. And how many touchdowns has Tom Brady had in the last three weeks? Oh, and that's, Josh Gord- that's because Josh Gordon's on his team. Just pointing out that, you know, just because Josh Gordon's there. So you agree? You, you think Tom mean- Brady's the worst quarterback ever? No, I think he's one of the best, but I'm just saying... You think these quarterbacks that have more touchdowns than Tom Brady right now in the last three weeks are better than Tom Brady right now? In the span of three weeks, yes, they are better. <laughs> Show me. In, in the span of three weeks, they are better. But in totality, no. We'll have to delete this part of the podcast so people don't think you're absolutely crazy. I was just talking about in that three-week span, sir. You think Tom Brady is not like a top three quarterback in the last three weeks? You... No. And this, just expect me up on that. Look at the stats and then tell me. Go ahead. Look up on your computer. Go ahead. He's, he's just laughing and he won't do it. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's all, I had to, that's all I had to say about that was that you bullied me. Last time I was on this podcast, you made me feel small. For having some... You made me feel worthless. For having some objective truth. And you shamed me. Spit in your face. That's that's it. That was all I had to say. I hope you feel like a big man now. (laughs) I I hope you got to puff out your chest and feel like the big man on campus. I do. I feel good. I feel better. That was cathartic. Well, everyone, now that Chris feels better, we can do our sign-off. And thank you. Thank you for having me again. I hope everyone enjoyed this. I hope they had a great Thanksgiving weekend. And this has been Basement Sports Talk. The Cheddar Man and Kyle Meath are signing off.